If you have uh, your Bibles this morning, we'll be in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 7. The book of Matthew, uh, chapter 7. And when you get to uh, Matthew, chapter 7, if you can, if you, if you would, please stand this morning to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 says this. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for the Sunday school time that we've had. We thank you for the, the singing, Lord. We just thank you that we've uh, come to, uh, to a place to worship you, Lord. Father, I pray uh, that you'll bless us here this morning. I pray that you'll use the Word of God, Lord Father, in a way that's pleasing unto you. And Lord, I I pray that we'll be obedient. I pray, Lord, that we'll uh, use the things, Lord Father, that you've showed us this week in our studies and uh, continue to uplift us, to continue to guide us, to continue to watch over this church and help us, Lord, as we continue to walk through this uh, uh, sad, dark time in our world that we live in today. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Now, uh, that's probably uh, the least amount of scripture I have read uh, uh, to preach on in a long time. Uh, uh, pretty short uh, wordage there. We've got uh, about seven words. Uh, judge not that ye be not judged. Now, uh, this scripture I have faced for quite some time, and I guess in the last two months I have heard this piece of scripture used more than I've ever heard it used. I've seen it used more than I've ever seen it uh, used before. It just keeps coming out out of people's mouths, out of people's social media accounts, out of, out of places at work. You hear it, you say, judge not... Uh, lest you be judged. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, uh, judgment, uh, the question that we're going to think about this morning, is judgment condemned? Now, reading this one piece of Scripture and not reading anything else of your Bible, I guess if you stood only on Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, you would think that we could not judge anybody. You would think that if somebody did something wrong, we'd just have to say, well, uh, uh, the Bible says not to judge. We can't, we can't say anything to them. We, we just got to love them. We can stand back and say, well, uh, uh, they've done something wrong, but uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 and, uh, says that we should not judge them. But uh, the, we, we are instructed not to judge here in Matthew 7 1, but is it really what a lot of people try to use it to be? And this morning we're going to I contemplate some of that and look at some different scripture. And what exactly does the Bible say that we can judge that we can go ahead and rule out and not use it with this scripture? Uh, so a lot of these people that use this scripture, I've noticed, the first thing they do is they try to shush biblical discussion. If you start discussing sin in the church, one of the first things that random people throw out is Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. They say, well, judge not. So we immediately shush of biblical studies. Uh, the next thing we see is people use it as a shield. Uh, they make a shield that says, judge not, and they walk around with it in a very sinful life. And when anybody says anything to them about their life, they stick the shield out. They say, judge not. They said, you can't, you can't talk to me about that. Yes, I, I know I live in sin, but here's my shield. You can't say anything about it. They say, well, we, we know that we are living in a way that we're not supposed to. Hey, the church can't say nothing to us. Uh, it says to judge not in a, in a, in a matter of, of people that use this. Uh, they try to shield uh, uh, pretty much anything they do that they think is right. <laughs> if they think it's right to wrong people in the business deals that are wrong, well, uh, judge not. Uh, you can't say anything to me about it. But 
There are multiple scriptures, and we're going to go through them, and I'm not asking you to turn each time. I, I have them uh, printed out because I didn't want to turn so many times uh, this morning with different scripture. Now, uh, one of the first things that you'll understand that the Bible expressly tells us that we can have judgment in is the courthouse. Now, people will, will argue with you and they'll say, well, judge not, but... The Bible extensively says that we go to the court of law, we have judgments. It says in Titus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers. It says this, To obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Now what does that say? That says that magistrates, we have to go to them, let them judge us, we have to follow the law. In so many ways, the judge that we go to the courthouse with, he is okay to judge us and pronounce judgment on your sentence. That's an easy thing. Most of us will stand back and say, yes, crime is bad. They, they need to go to a judge. Well, I, I want to use Scripture uh, through most of this to help us understand. In 1 Peter chapter 2, 13-15, it says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to governors or unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well, for so it is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Uh, so it says here that we need to follow the ordinance of man for the, for the building up of the Lord. Hey, we shouldn't be seen as people that walk around breaking laws, doing whatever we do. Hey, we was talking about it this morning. Hey, baiting turkeys and, and doing things out in the woods, uh, doing stuff that's illegal. I get some of you grinning, that's all right. We're supposed to follow the ordinance of man. Uh, you're not supposed to shoot a deer in the middle of July. <laughs> okay? That's not something a, a Christian should want to do. We should follow the rules of man. You shouldn't want to roll down a county road that the speed limit is 40, running 70 every time you go down. You say, Zach, uh, I'm just trying to get to where I'm going. I'm trying to say we need to follow the ordinance of man. The ordinance of man keeps us orderly. We need to go out. and We, we know that there are laws. There are laws that teaches us how to drive up and down the road with common sense. There's laws that tell us not, not to kill folks going down the road, not to uh, do crazy stuff, not to steal, and all these things. And they all make sense. Most of them do. So we have laws. And we have judges. And the Bible clearly tells us that it's okay for judges to judge. Now we follow that up and say that laws are good. Punishment is right for breaking the law. So judgment's okay. The next thing that we see in Scripture, and the next two, it may hurt some of you's feelings, some of the Scripture I'm going to read, but that's okay. It says that the church can judge its members. Did y'all know that? Did you know that the ordinance, the gathering of the church, can judge its members on false doctrine and on bad behavior? Now, Boy, this is the one that a lot of people throw up the judge not shield. But let's see what the Bible says. It says, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the who? If the word of God says to tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. 
Now, that scripture right there, if you want to go mark that for reference later, Matthew 18, 15 through 17, tells you that if somebody does something wrong to you, that you should go to them directly and try to take care of that problem first. I'm trying to help you out this morning, church. Go, to te- go to try to fix it with just you and them. Now, if they won't listen to you and they're still being ugly, if they've still done you wrong, you need to go back, you need to go get you one or two, it says that, bring them with you so that they can also testify uh, to the wrongdoing. And if they don't listen any longer, you bring it to who? The church. Now, after you bring it to the church, now if he doesn't listen to the church, now they can repent and, and apologize and make acknowledgments and, and try to uh, pay for what they've done. Uh, but it says here that if they do not apologize, they do not make right those wrongs, that the church in so many ways excommunicates them. Doesn't that sound like judgment? <laughs> I don't know if, if you realize this, uh, but the Scripture shows us that if somebody is an evil person doing wrong things in the church house, is, is stealing, is lying, is backbiting, going behind people's backs, doing whatever, that the church has authority to judge them. But the Bible says judge not. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves. That you withdraw yourselves from every brother, what does it say? That walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which ye have received of us. Now about a few verses later in verse 14 of Second Thessalonians chapter 3, it says, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Now that reads very clearly... Now this is after Jesus is hung on the cross. This is a letter from Paul to the church of Thessalonica. It's very easy to understand. This is not Old Testament. I'm not going to read one scripture from the Old Testament. 90% of what we're going to look at is New Testament after Jesus has paid the sin debt. This is how the church is supposed to behave. We stand back and use a shield that says, Judge not. Hey, in my young life, I believe I probably used it before. Say, well, you know, I was drinking this weekend with my friends. Uh, Somebody tells me I'm not supposed to. Well, judge not. Uh, I'm not supposed to do that kind of stuff. You're not supposed to talk to me in the church house about judging. Now, we've read two verses here that the church is positively given the authority to judge its members on how it behaves. Y'all realize that? If you're acting out of line, if you're living a life of sin... If you're living and doing stuff that you are not supposed to do, the Bible clearly says to nip it in the bud. To take care of it. To talk to them. Not to be ugly with it, but just to fix it. If if they're going to be bad, hey, don't sit down and have a good time with them. Hey, don't go out and, and go out on the town and go shopping with them. And I understand that so clearly because I, I realize that certain people hang out with certain people. I don't know if y'all, y'all think about that, but I know that drunkards hang out with drunkards. I know that people on drugs hang out with people on drugs. I, I know that people that live a certain way in society live and, and go out with a certain people of society. I, I know that we build friendships with people that are, that are not like us, but Lord, help us. The Bible instructs us not to go out and show everybody that we condone how they live. We say, well, we know they're a drunk and they like to do drugs, and he beats his wife every weekend, but you know, he's a pretty good guy. That's not what the Bible says. 
A lot of people throw up the scripture. They say, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. <laughs> and I, I, like, I like that scripture. Yes, he hung out with, with sinners. But those sinners changed after Jesus hung out with them. It wasn't like they were the same sinners after he left. They either changed their ways or Jesus was not seen hanging out with them again. The people that did not change didn't keep hanging out with Jesus. Now you can make up all kinds of excuses in the world for you to hang out with sinful, idolatrous, drunkards, drug addicts. And I know those people need Jesus, but we ain't got to hang out with them. Boy, if they come in the church doors, we better love them to death. If they come a part of the church and want to serve, hey, that's when the Bible tells us to step in and step up. It says in Titus chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, it says, A man that is a heretic after the first and second abnomission, which means you've warned him twice, you've warned him once, you've done two warnings here, if they reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. Now, if you've warned somebody once, you've warned somebody twice, they have not fixed their ways. Uh, the Bible calls them out and says, that's just to somebody that's subverted. They've lowered their self down. Now, a wording like that tells me very clearly we are to judge. And I know y'all don't like that. It's okay. I make mistakes, and I don't want to be judged neither. Don't y'all? I, I say things sometimes, and boy, I, I know two or three years later it's going to come back. I know it may come back that week. I know that so many of us have done things and we hold on to the judge not attitude. We, we like hippie Jesus with long hair and blue eyes. That He, he just loves everybody. You know that one that was uh, painted by an Italian painter? That's not really Jesus. I want you all to know that. That's who we want to hold on to. We don't want to hold on to the one that went into the temple and started flipping over tables. Made a whip of a hat of hair and started beating folks, <laughs> okay? Now, if I made a whip, folks, I'm going to hit people, okay? Jesus went in there clearing out the temple. Why? Because he made his house a den of thieves. They had made a mockery of God's house. Now, this is what this scripture that I just read is talking about. You're coming in and making a mockery of what God's house is, about holiness, about living a certain way and living an acceptable way. That's not what God allowed. He does not allow it in the church house. He does not allow it in the Christians' lives. He does not allow it anywhere that His people dwell. We need to be try to be sinless. I know that we mess up. So what are we to judge? Did y'all know that the Bible gives us Scripture for Christians to judge other people? Say, Zach, that don't sound like the Bible. Yeah, it's the Bible. Christians... Judging others. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 16. It says, Beware of false prophets. It says this, Which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Now I have heard that spoken good old southern English, not in the King James. And we are told not to be really judges, but we're told to be fruit inspectors. I've heard it called that before. Now, I like that thought process. It's for God's people. We should be fruit inspectors. We should know that when people come into the church house, uh, if you called me as your pastor and you see my car parked down at a honky-tonk every weekend, uh, you see track marks up and down my arms, uh, uh, you see teeth starting to rot out of my head because of drugs that I'm on, uh, if you see my wife beat up half the time when I come to church, you say, Zach, all those things are horrible. And I say, yeah, hey, the church better judge me. 
Christians better be looking at me saying something's wrong with him. Last week he told a nasty joke completely off color and I heard him say it. He, he does things that he should not do. has bad, bad business dealings where he lies to people. He does this and does that. We're told to judge other people. We should look at their fruits. If the fruit ain't no good, we need to be questioning why. Why isn't that fruit good? In Romans chapter 16, verse 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, I like this word here. Y'all ain't going to like it, and I don't like it sometimes neither, but I like what it says. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And it follows up with three words, and avoid them. I'll read that to you again. But now I've written unto you, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine ye have learned, and avoid them. Now what does that tell us to do? Mark them. It doesn't mean to go up to them and mark them with a marker or stick a post-it note on their back. Avoid them. Kick me. You know, something like that. But it says simply to know who they are, remember who they are, and know that they're teaching false doctrine. Avoid them. Stay away from them. Hey, how many times do we have people that try to argue with us? And I have got into arguments over the last couple of years of my life about doctrine. And I, I'll argue so long, I'll argue for a little bit, but after I sit and argue for long enough and I see that I ain't going to change their mind and they ain't going to change my mind, there ain't no sense in me wasting my time with somebody that is not going to listen to me. And you know what I do? I avoid them. Why would I want to hang out with somebody or be around anybody that every time I speak to them, they're going to try to call out doctrine of mine that is wrong? It says to not do that, to avoid them, to stay away from them. I'm sorry, but there's some people that I avoid in this life. I see them and say, I know that if I see them, they're going to bring up something about this or that, or they're going to invite me to some kind of party to drink or, or some kind of nonsense. Avoid them. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. But now I have written unto you to, to not, you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother, this is talking about Christians to Christians, if that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one know not to eat. What does that say? If you know you've got a Christian brother, if you know that you've got a man of God that you know is a preacher that is committing adultery, if you know that you've got Christian people in the church that are living in sin, that are doing wrong and everything about it, it says don't eat with them. Don't be seen with them. Don't appear to look like them. Don't smell like them. Don't do anything with them. I was at church. I was at church. I was at work the other day, and I don't. I don't care if I say this or not. I was at church uh, work the other day, and I had a young lady they just hired, and she was talking to somebody, and they said, "Yeah, he's a preacher," and I was close by, and she was just talking about living living with her boyfriend, and she was talking about living in sin with her boyfriend, 
And uh, she heard that I was a preacher. She said, oh, you're a preacher? I said, yes. She said, well, you can marry me and my boyfriend when we get married. I said, I don't, I don't really want to. <laughs> and she said, why? I said, she said that was kind of ugly. I said, I don't like to marry people that are living together. And that hurts people's feelings. It says here in the Bible to not be seen with them, to not keep company with them, to not eat with them. There are certain places we have to draw a line, church. There are certain places that we've got to say enough is enough. We ain't going to be seen with you. We ain't going to go out with you. I don't want people to think I say everything you do is okay. I don't want people to think that I do something that you do. I have a very good friend, love him to death, living a life of sin. It's hidden sin, and he thinks it's hidden real well. But it's not. I won't be seen with him. I ain't been seen with him in years. He probably wonders why I ain't never called him, ain't never texted him, ain't never talked to him no more. We used to go out to eat together, have fun together. Not no more. I can't be seen with something like that. What would somebody say with me sitting with somebody that's committing adultery at the Waffle House? I say, they must have something in common. <laughs> Tearing me down with him. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Once again, we are told to judge those around us, to look at their lives and determine whether we need to be around them or not, whether we need to accept them as prophets or not, whether we need to listen to their preaching or not, whether we listen to their teachings or not, whether we're sitting next to them in church or not, whether we accept how they live or not. The Bible gives us very, and there's even more, that's my last one, <laughs> multiple times. We're told to look at people how they live and decide whether we need to be with them or not. Decide whether we need to hang out with them or not. So what is the Lord prohibiting? It says judge not. And that means something. It does. It means something in particular. What is the Lord prohibiting? He's allowed people to judge people. He's allowed the church to take a stand. And what has He done? He has allowed worldly courtrooms to make judgment. Three things very clear in Scripture. He allows judgment to happen. Now, if you read, if you still got your Bibles open, in chapter 7, verse 1, if, all you got to do is go five more verses. If you go to verse 6, it says, Give not that which is holy unto dogs. I haven't went five verses away from judge not, and I've already found where it says, Do not give that which is holy unto dogs. It says, need to cast your pearls before swine. Now, I don't know how much more judgmental somebody can get and call somebody and decide somebody is a dog or a pig. <laughs> but five verses later, we've already found it. So what is Jesus talking about? Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, has to be based on judgment that is found no fault. Okay? When you judge somebody and there is no fault found, but you still form judgment. It's having a hateful heart and judging people to persecute people simply on a preference. Y'all hear me? 
Now, if you read Matthews 5 and 6 and you get to 7, 5 and 6 is the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. We're finishing up the Sermon on the Mount. If you really want to understand what chapter 7, verse 1, who he's really talking to, he's probably addressing a lot of the same people and their sin that he has referenced in 5 and 6. And each one of those is the Pharisees. The Pharisees have went up on the mountain. The Pharisees wanted to hear what Jesus was teaching. And a lot of Jesus' teachers was pointed at the Pharisees, and I'd like to think, Judge not was pointed right at the Pharisee. And I'm not saying because of who they were, it was because of what they were doing. The Pharisee thought they were more holy than anybody in the city. The Pharisee thought that their race, uh, who they were, what they were a part of, what they looked like, uh, the robes they had on made them more holy than anybody else around. If you didn't have the robe, if you didn't have the same race, if you didn't uh, look the same way, speak the same language, you were not the same. You made, they made judgments on people about nothing. And that's what Jesus is really trying to get to us here is don't b judge people based on you knowing nothing about them. How many of you truly judge somebody that you do not even know? Oh, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. How many of you judge folks that you've never even talked to? You've never heard them speak. You've never even been around them. I've heard so many people tell me stories about folks. They said, yeah, uh, you don't want to get around so-and-so. Yeah, uh, if you do get around them, they don't do this. You know, and I, I listen to that backbiting and that gossip. And hey, you know, it's got its place with certain things and warnings need to be given. But sometimes I get around those people I've been warned about. And they're good folks. If I would have let somebody else give me judgment... I would have been just like the Pharisees. I didn't know them, but I judged them. I hadn't been around them, but I had thought something about them. That's the judgment the Pharisees are talking about. Some of the things that we, we persecute people, we judge people. I wrote a few things down. I try to come up with some good ones, but I don't come up with good ones. My wife tells me I always come up with bad ones. And I got some that probably ain't worth a flip, but we judge people on racism. We judge people on sexism. We judge people on a beard or no beard. We judge people on Chevrolet versus Ford. We judge people on Democrat versus Republican. We judge people on education versus no education. We judge people based on nothing. Those things I just told you are nothing. If I stood behind this stand and told you I was a Democrat, probably 90% of you would be ready to hang me at the stake but you'd be judging me on nothing. If I stood back here and I, and I said, well, I drive a Ford, <laughs> some of you get mad, so Chevrolet's better. We'd be ready to get mad. We, and that's just an extreme showing, but we judge people on nothing. It has nothing to do with who they are, what they are, what they do, what they accomplish. And we form opinions on clothes that people wear, cars that people drive, neighborhoods that they live in. They have nothing to do with who they are. I am Zach Stone, and this suit does not make me who I am. My car does not make me who I am. Where I live does not make me who I am. Who I'm married to sort of makes me who I am, but not really. We have certain things in our life. People judge us on nothing. You judge people on nothing. My goodness, people judging the president. I ain't never met him before in my life. Now, I know he says some silly things, but I don't know him. 
Behind closed doors, I imagine he's a different person. A lot of us form opinions on lawyers, but lawyers have families and people that they love. Politicians get judged so easily. Doctors get judged on how they treat people. So many people get pastors, my goodness. They get judged on what they do and nobody knows who really they are. We cannot judge people on preconceived ideas. We cannot judge people that we do not know. We cannot judge people with nothing to back it up. The Pharisees were doing that. They judged Jesus. Now think about that, folks. <laughs> they judged Jesus, and they didn't know who he was. They wanted Jesus to die for the sins that he was committing, and a man that was sinless. The Pharisees wanted him to be put in prison, to be stoned, to be whatever, die. And he never done anything. How many of you have had that attitude about somebody that you did not even know? That person ought to be locked up. That person ought to be done this. They thought they were, they were more holy. How many of you have had that holier-than-thou attitude? <laughs> oh, you ain't got to raise your hand. That's most of you. Most of you at some time in your life thought you was better than somebody else. You need to judge not. You need to stop thinking you're better than everybody else. The church house needs to start thinking that we're better than some other church house. We need to start realizing that we need to not judge. And what we really need to not judge is people we don't know. We don't need to judge folks on emptiness. Judge folks on nothing. Make preferences and ideas on something that matters nothing. You see me driving a Hyundai. Oh, it's made in a South Korean company. <laughs> I can imagine some of the attitudes that people have about nothing. He preaches from King James Version. He's so old-fashioned. <laughs> we have so many things that we base judgment on about nothing. We pass a judgment on some church having chairs instead of pews. We base a judgment on somebody uh, going this way instead of driving down that road. Or why do they drive this speed limit instead of that, that, that speed? Why do they do this instead of that? Why do they have this job instead of doing this job? Why, why do they speak this way instead of speaking that way? Hey, why does this go on and this go on? We base judgments on nothing. And I'm going to ask you today, church, can we change that? The, he told the Pharisee, he told the people on the mountainside, judge not. And the true judgment was not judging people on nothing. Can you change your heart? into where you stop judging people based on nothing. Based on preferences. As they get a verse of some song ready this morning. The Bible tells us to judge not. I'm proud that most of you, if you realize what that says, you can stop using it as a shield to cover up your sins. You can stop using it to cover up other people's sins. The true meaning of that is don't judge people based on nothing. Inspect their fruits. See how they're living their life. Come to know them. You know, each time that Jesus went and he went, witnessed to somebody, he sat down to supper with them, he sat down to meal with a lot of them, and he got to know them. He just didn't walk in and say, Sinner, sinner, sinner. He didn't do that. He didn't walk in and say, You're bad, you're bad. He talked to them, he loved them, got to know them, and if they accepted him after that, then they could follow him. 
That's how Jesus works. I'm glad that's how the church house should work today. That's how people that follow the teachings of Jesus work today. We need to love people, embrace them, love them, get to know them, and then form an opinion. Don't just form an opinion on what you think's right. As they get a verse of some song ready. Uh, what page you got, sister? Page 355 this morning. <laughs>